This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Basecamp. When you use Basecamp to run projects, people know what to do, people know where things are, and you stay on top of everything all the time. MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is good friend Charlie Carroll, and he talks to me about his love of Chicago history. And when he told me that was going to be his topic, I was like, oh, that'll be cool. Like, hopefully, I'm sure he knows a bunch about it. And then we started talking, and he is just this incredible wealth of knowledge about this city. What an admirable thing to discover and continue to discover about the city that you live in, most specifically the city that we live in together. But, I mean, I feel like I've been taking for granted how cool so many aspects of Chicago are. And, man, did this really open my eyes to it. It was such a joy to talk to him. I've been directed by... Charlie a handful of times and I've known him for a long time and it really and always enjoy working with him uh but this was just such a joy I, I really had no idea how deep this well of knowledge went for him um and I just feel like we only got to scratch the surface but what a great surface that got scratched you know what I'm saying um, I'll go ahead and apologize. At one point, neither one of us could remember Al Capone's name. It's fine. We got through it. It was, it was bad. It was touch and go there for a while. And I apologize. And you're going to like yell at us while you're listening to the podcast, but whatever, you'll get over it. Things happen. These things do happen. And until we stop them from happening, this thing does not happen. That's from Phantom of the Opera. It doesn't have anything to do with this. Uh, Charlie was great. He's a very good friend of mine. He did this very last minute, and for that, I thank him profusely. But now I got so many great peeps in the in the scheduling pipeline because I was scrambling to get somebody scheduled for this week. And boy... Did I luck out by being able to get Charlie on? Any hoozle. Uh, speaking of working with Charlie at the Annoyance, which I only kind of was, <laughs> every Thursday night at 8 o'clock, I'm in a show at the Annoyance called Fishbowl. It's great for students because they can come and put their student IDs into the fishbowl and play with Annoyance veterans like Charlie. He's played before. Um, in that set and the students got to play with Charlie and he was so funny and great and it was so awesome to be able to share that with him as my friend and be like, hey, come do this show as a veteran of the Annoyance Theater um, and meet some new students and play with them and improvise with them and everyone learns from one another and I've already met 
so many cool students and gotten to see perform and hang out with so many cool annoyance favorites as a result of the show and i really can't wait to continue sharing this with people the fishbowl is great the team that i am on sight unseen always closes the show eight o'clock annoyance thursday nights check it out also check out the other podcasts on the Nerdlogs network, I talk about it from time to time, but it bears repeating. Charlie has been on um, Talking Games with Tim and Clayton, which is currently being hosted by uh, past another past guest of the show, Kellen Terrett and Clayton Margeson, past guest of the show. And uh, there, it's just like seamless. Kellen had done the show so many times and really got what it was about that it was easy, so easy for him to step into the reins while Tim is away on a second city boat. And their show's great. And Charlie was recently on, um, as we referenced during the interview, uh, talking about how he easily slips into video game addiction. And this is something that I never even really knew about him. Um, But, uh, yeah, so if you have any interest in video games in the least, go check that out. Um, It's a great show, and they do a great job, and they crank it out every week just like I do. And it's really, I want to say it's a labor of love, but, like, I don't, it barely ever feels like labor. I just get to talk to such incredible people. And then great people listen to it. And I couldn't ask for more. I gush a little bit more at the top of the episode about what this means to me. But I don't think I do that often enough. If I do it too much, I don't know, write an iTunes comment or review and be like, hey, ugh, you kind of self you know, get a little self-involved too much and talking about how great the show is while the show's going on. You could probably cool it. And I'd be like, cool, point taken. Won't do that anymore. But until then, I'm going to let my freak flag fly and talk about how great the show is because it's truly my favorite thing that I get to do all the time. I just have this great conversation with one person a week then I get to share it with people that actually want to listen to it. And it continuously blows my mind. You know what else continuously blows my mind? How incredible the city of Chicago is. Thank you so much for listening to this. Thank you so much to Charlie for teaching me so much and for like reinvigorating this interest in this great city that we live in together. And thank you so much, listener for actually taking the time to take in this episode of the podcast. Uh, I can't wait until episode 100 because I feel like I'll just let all of these um, (laughs) self-serving type things fly because I've never done anything like this. And the fact that it's getting to this point is really cool and I have no plans of stopping So I hope the people who listen to it on any sort of regular basis don't have any plans of stopping either. Thank you. Enjoy this episode. (laughs) 
I listened to the first couple. I listened to the, probably the first ten. Yeah. And then I've caught occasional ones since then if mm-hmm. someone was like really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, an interesting topic or an interesting person. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Both actually. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, and so like I'm I'm a little bit of a fan, so I'm excited oh, to do it. Oh, sweet. Yeah. yeah, it always amazes me when people have listened to like every episode. Like I don't even know. I still people. Oh. Multiple people, maybe like five. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And if you know five, that means there's actually like a hundred. Nah, I mean, there's I a good amount. Maybe twenty. Who have never met you. Um, I know there are people who have listened to it have never met me for sure. Sure. Who, um, maybe not people who've listened to like every episode who have never met me, but there's plenty of people who listen to it who don't know me. Every once in a while, um. I'll meet someone who's like, hey, I listened to such and so on your podcast. It was really great. I'm like, cool, thank you. I don't know no. you. That's <laughs> kind of awesome. <laughs> That's uh, great. It's a very unique endeavor that I am very glad I started and am very happy to get to continue. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this episode will mark the fourth one that has a sponsor. Yeah. Who's our sponsor? Um, so the sponsor for this episode specifically is Basecamp. Okay. Um, which which I've heard this, of. Like, it's a Chicago-based company. So I got the sponsorship through a, a project called the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. Okay. So it's this thing that was sparked by Max Temkin, who has been on the podcast. Okay. Um, and had listened to at least some episodes of podcasts before he was in, a guest, which is awesome. Um... Because I emailed him this tentative, like, Hey, Max, I have this podcast. Um, I I got, you know, my one-year anniversary coming up. I really think it'd be cool if you could do it, maybe even, like, as a live recording. And his all his response was like, I love your podcast. I would have to be happy to do this. Let's talk about the Animorphs books. And I was like, yeah! <laughs> so that was really cool. But he was just like, there's too many Chicago podcasts that no one's getting paid anything for, and there's too many Chicago businesses that should be taking advantage of this, like, listenership. Right. So he basically designed this thing and got uh, Claire Friedman, a um, friend of mine and his employee, to uh, organize, to, like, basically... Sh- he connects you know, tasked, yeah so he tasked her with like making those connections so she's been fielding submissions from i think both podcasters and advertisers okay so it's just a really cool thing i mean it's not like i'm like you know gonna quit my job anytime soon um but it is like i let it's i'm getting paid to do something now that i've been doing for you know I was I was gonna say for free, but essentially for negative money <laughs> for almost two years. So yeah. it's cool. It's like that's the dream, right? Right now it's still a uh, pilot program uh-huh. because just trying to see. So for the next three months, I got in kind of early because I was already well established and I know those people. Um, it helps that both of them have been on my podcast before, mm-hmm. um, so they know exactly what it is. But uh, you know, so I guess in three months they're gonna revisit it and see if they can still keep up the funds from the companies, and uh, you know how things have been going. That's so amazing. if you're within the sound of my voice and you think that's really cool, um, support the co-op for sure and support the advertisers who are using it because yeah, what a cool thing! Oh, amazing! You know, 
Of course that should happen. Yeah. And like, I think, I think Chicago is just this like totally untapped wealth of creative people and projects. And I think that could just be more taken advantage of. And this is such a good like step in the right direction for that. I agree. That's Spe- awesome. Speaking of Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go. My guest today is Charlie Carroll. Oh, is this recording? Oh, yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, it has been. Since you, told, asked, since you mentioned that there were going to be dog sounds. Oh, okay. Perfect. And there are plenty. And there are so many dog sounds already. Oh, my God. My guest today is Charlie Carroll. He's going to talk to me about uh, his love of the history of Chicago. Chicago's yeah. history? Yeah, I think so. Cool. I mean, I... Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, for me, it started because I moved uh, up here from Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And how much do you... You're from the South. Yeah. How much do you know about Atlanta? Um, a decent amount. Do you? Yeah, not loads, but, I mean, I don't know. I, I visited Atlanta... Atlanta is where my extended family lives. So when people think about like where you go for holidays, yeah. that's how much I know about Atlanta. And <laughs> what's sad but strange is that that's almost everything you can know about Atlanta. Yeah, that's not a bad point. There's not much history. There's really not. Like it was it was a train depot. Yes. And it was burnt down by Sherman mm-hmm. uh on its march to the south and then Margaret Mitchell. Like, that's it. Yeah. It's so funny because in my family, well, my grandfather worked for a train company. Okay. So, like, all, like, that's, like, where all my family's, like, you know, timeline has been in Atlanta Uh for the trains. And another, like, very, my uh, god mother's husband so like my brother's godfather yes but, but i call him my uncle you know like yeah, yeah. my I uncle dan right yeah. my uncle dan's family is from uh like was coca-cola so it's like the only two like things that atlanta has are like in my family like okay. trains and coca-cola and my grandfather uh or my great-grandfather was the one who worked for trains my grandfather worked for home depot for like 50 years like okay. it's just all these like atlanta based yep. things so it really is oh anything you know about atlanta i got it yep. covered <laughs> honestly you really do yeah. uh it just said find someone who is uh chick-fil-a based and you're yeah, pretty right. much all of it. So yeah. true. Uh-oh. Especially because my dad started going to... My dad's in the podcast about the Braves. Oh, and, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So my dad started going to Braves games when they became the Atlanta Braves. Okay. So he was like there the whole time. Like, it's just... When I say I know things about Atlanta, that's it. That, like, that's <laughs> really... That's what's sad about it is... Oh, that is here. it. For real, take, Come here. Come here. Uh, Nora. Come here. Uh, so, but that's the thing about Atlanta. Um, that's the thing about Atlanta is that that's really all there is to know. Like, mm-hmm. there's really not a lot to it. And I, I hate to say that about the place I grew up, but mm-hmm. like... Sadly, I didn't realize I was a history buff until I moved to Chicago. Aww. Like I, I didn't find interesting all that his, or history all that interesting until I moved up here, and then it was like you I got found to interesting history. Oh my god! And then I found interesting history. <laughs> yeah, it was actually I just moved up here, and I, um, which was in like two thousand four. Mm, yeah, that's what I uh, 
That's where I would have ballparked it. It was oh, like wow. mid 2000s. Um, and I was watching PBS one day, and there's this guy named Jeffrey Bear. Have you ever heard of him? I don't think so. Bear? Okay. Bear. Okay. B, uh, I think it's B A E R. Okay. And he runs a PBS series in which he just goes around, and at that time he had done one other, and it was that he rode the river on like one of those tours, and he gave you the history of Chicago in 1995. Whoa, just that year. Just that one year. Wow. In 1995. Then in 2005, so I guess it was, I actually saw this special in 2005, he re-rode the river 10 years later to show what was different and talk again about the history. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. He does it now. How interesting. Oh, yeah. I think he'll probably do one in 2015. This year, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I started watching that and I was just like blown away. Like, That's so funny. It starts at the very beginning of Chicago, and it just grows from there. And I remember calling my girlfriend at the time, who I moved from Atlanta with up here, and I was like, oh my god, come in, you got it, did you know this, did you know this? And she was not interested. And she was like, <laughs> cool, Charlie. She's like, oh, that's fantastic. Uh, awesome. And I was like, did you know that Abraham Lincoln, and she was like, and you've lost me. You know, like, dumb. And then you're like, I'm gonna go back to playing NBA 2K5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you listen to other Nerdalog podcasts, and then I went back to just playing NBA games and came forth in the world. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it was like, I immediately realized I was super interested in this. Um, not long after... Uh, had you taken a river tour at that point or anything? No. Oh, I wow. had moved to Chicago, and I was that guy that moved to Chicago and thought... It was t- uh, very much afraid, and I still do this. If I go to another city, I'm afraid to ask anyone anything because I don't want to look like the guy that doesn't know anything. Oh. So I, I'm that guy that, like, I went to... <laughs> I went to France and I tried to pretend I was French. Aww. Like I would just be like, uh, uh, un petit croissant, please. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, right, right. They were like, they could see I was yeah, English, and they'd be like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm not gonna. Just You're like, not fooling anyone. <laughs> no. And I'm like, I, I, I get very nervous when I'm in a new place to ask people things for fear that they will recognize that I'm totally out of place and I'm mm-hmm. a fish out of water and that my emotions are on my sleeve and mm-hmm. I don't like that. So at this point, I hadn't done anything Chicago. I was completely new to the city, and I was watching this special and was just blown away by it. Like, oh my god, this place has so much history, which is not something I was used to coming from Atlanta, because the entire history could be encapsulated into the civil rights movement, Margaret Mitchell, uh, Train Depot, and the Civil War. That's it. That was our entire history. And then from there on out, it was like this kind of small city that became big around the Olympics. Yeah. I I truly felt I had actually lived maybe the most important thing that had happened in Atlanta, which was the Olympics. Yeah. And, I mean, I think Atlanta still gets pretty kind of shit on in terms of being like a decent you know metropolitan area to right. like live and work in <laughs> yeah it's weird it goes like through these weird ups and downs i remember probably in the early 2000s people were like i hear atlanta's the place to go get jobs it was it was almost like turning into the modern day city in texas name x city in oh, texas oh sure. Like sure, sure 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 atlanta Austin. was that place yeah yeah and um, I think even Greenville, South Carolina, is becoming that place. Yep. And uh, like, and it's like two hours from Atlanta. Yeah. 
you know? It was, it had its moment and then it definitely didn't take full advantage of it. Mm -hmm. And it has, I think, turned the corner and now it's sort of just, I think it's stuck where it's at. Turner Field's moving out of town. Yeah. Which my brother is working on. Did I tell you that? No. Oh, as a Braves fan, you would love this. My brother is, uh, one of the, like he works for the architecture firm that is designing the Brave Stadium. No shit. He is he's one of the people in charge of construction of it. So he is Damn. No, so, I had no idea. I know. We should make a trip down there. He'll give us a full tour of the facilities and like Oh everything. shit. Yeah. My Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. Yes. Duly so noted. Alrighty. Um But yeah, so I I'm watching this special and I'm just blown away by it. And I decide very quickly into that, like, I want to do something like this. Aww. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wanted to become a Chicago historian and it wasn't long after that the uh, Devil in the White City came out. Yeah, sure. Which I'm sure just like inspired it. A thousand people to be like, oh my oh, god, I've got to find out about Chicago's history. Oh my god, and all I have to do is read this book. Yeah, yeah. Right. which I have never read. Just you never so read you know, it? no, why? I'm not very well read. Oh, you should read this book. <laughs> I, I bought it for my dad like shortly after I moved to Chicago, and I think maybe he's read. I think he read it. It he's is very well read. I'm not. It is. A pretty incredible book. And for me... Okay, so here's what happens when most people read this book. Mm-hmm. So, to give away uh, nothing, really, about the book. Every other chapter is about the history of Chicago. And then the chapters in between are about H.H. H. Holmes, the serial killer who created a hotel on the south side of Chicago in which he basically made it a murder trap and murdered a bunch of women uh, and was not necessarily like... Um, he created a hotel death trap. And he couldn't be caught for it because all these women were moving to Chicago at a time when there's very little communication to these small towns all over the country. Where they're from. Exactly. So when they went missing, no one knew. Um, So what ends up happening is that majority of people who read the book, and I do say majority, and I really mean majority, end up telling me afterwards... I skipped every other chapter because that stuff about the serial killer was so interesting, but I just didn't care about oh, the history of Chicago. No. Yes, it kills me. That sounds so heartbreaking. It, I, uh, in it, general, that just sounds heartbreaking. Like, why would they write the book if they didn't want it to be consumed like that? And the guy who wrote it, Eric Larson, I think is a freaking genius. And he has another book coming out soon, right? Or maybe probably just came he's out had a one. couple of, that have been pretty big successes. None of, of as, as big, right? <clears throat> but it was. Um, why is it called the White City? So. The fair on the south side, uh, so the World's Fair of 1893, um, was this huge deal. Uh, There's so much stuff that has come out of that fair, uh, but one of the things that happened with it was, so it was this guy named uh, Burnham, Uh and Burnham had this idea for the fair. He wanted it to be the grandest thing it could possibly be. And part of their idea was that they needed to show up New York. New York had fought for the World's Fair at the same time as Chicago. So, like, the whole New York, Chicago, Second City thing had been going on for, like, forever. I mean, it's been yeah. going on since 1880-whatever. I was going to say since before that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, 
uh, we want it, and he wanted it to be this decadent, huge thing. And so his idea was, let's make it classic. Let's make it big and classic. So he almost recreated Rome or Greece. Like yeah. he, it was huge, and he made it all these white columns and these uh, huge marble buildings. Now, none of only one that was actually made out of real stone was the only one that's left, which is the Museum of Science and Industry. Um, now. So, I had no idea. Yeah, that was actually the art museum for the World's Fair. Cool. Um, and the reason it's still around is because that was the only one they made out of real stone because they couldn't have people bring in the work of arts from or like works of art from all over the world and have it possibly burned down or yeah. anything like that. So they actually made that one more stable than all of oh, the others. Oh, sure, 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 sure. But the others were all plaster and they were all pretty much white. So it was these huge Greek coliseums and white, and uh, it was also the first uh, major fair that used a, uh, electric, uh, electric light, yeah, um, which only made it even more white. So it was this beautiful, just what they called the White City. That makes a lot of sense. So the devil in the White City is H.H. H. Holmes, the first American serial killer on record. Uh, oh. Who is killing all of these women who come to the White City? I figure I I knew that the devil had to be referring yeah. to Holmes, but I didn't know the White City reference. Yeah, it's. I mean, I also didn't know that was that story was considered the first American serial killer. Yeah, H. H. Holmes is considered the first real American serial killer. I mean, I'm sure there are. You know, ones before that. Who knows? I, I assume there were. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, yeah. But I think, um, if I remember correctly, and I, throughout this, one of the things that I've I've now taken on is that with history things, uh, if anyone gets really um, caught up on dates or extreme facts, they will always be dis- always be disappointed because I actually did tours for a while, uh-huh. and anyone like Paul Jerowitz yeah. can tell you. Half of the stuff that anyone says is like slightly fudged, probably not slightly right. Yeah. yeah, history just is that. But um, to that, uh, the thing about uh, the serial killers is, I believe it was Charles Manson when he was originally caught and arrested. He actually had a quote from H. H. Holmes in a book. It was like oh, the first quote damn. in the book was something from H. H. Holmes. Like he was that sort of weirdly influential for a guy that. Until Devil in the White City came out, many people had no Didn't clue Didn't even know who he was. Yeah. Dang! So, amongst serial killers, he's a big deal. Pretty big deal! You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, Chicago's kind of pretty... I mean, you could probably fill a podcast with just Chicago serial killers. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I mean Gacy... Gacy. Uh, uh, Holmes. Holmes. There's an, wait, who's the There's other another one? Big, Dahmer. Dahmer, that's Dahmer. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Those, both of which were at LL Tavern. Mm-hmm. L&L Tavern. L&L, yes. Yeah. yeah, don't they call it like the, the scariest bar in the world or something? Yeah, it was just named that recently by another magazine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so funny because I went to l and I don't know, three or four times. Yeah. Um, just because I, I do a bunch of shit at the playground and it's a decent place to like hop around the corner. And and grab a drink, and I knew it was just this like crap dive bar, but I kind of liked it. I, I you oh, know yeah. I think it's a great dive. Um, and then I found out like a year later about that like Gacy used to like hang out there and fucking prey on people, and I was like, he used to come in full makeup. No. Did you ever hear that? Yeah, the, like clown. Yeah, yeah. He would come in full makeup after gigs. He'd be wearing the full clown makeup, sitting at the bar at the end of the bar, like looking at women as they walked in. Like, 
Oh, no. How weird is that? I can't imagine. I am I never want to get serial killed. <laughs> <laughs> Can we all just agree? Can we all just say we don't want to be serial killed? I don't want to be just another number, another notch in someone's belt. You know what I mean? That's just not the way I want to go. If I die, I want it to be someone's first. Yeah. I want it to be someone's first murder. Mm-hmm. I want it to mean something. And yeah, a, a crime of passion. Exactly. They had something against me. <laughs> they really hated MBS. I really hurt them when I broke up with them. Yeah. It meant it hurt them so so bad without my love they right. had to kill me yeah i yeah. wanted to be a confession yeah. um <laughs> completely understandable so so you when did so devil in the white city came out around that same so time? devil in the white city came out and i got really into that and that's when i started to become truly obsessed and it went from like reading popular culture books mm-hmm. to reading like history books dude to going to the Chicago History Museum and like Where is that? challenging the tour guys. It's down by uh, Second City. <laughs> Do you know Second City? Like right over, um, it is one block east of Second City. Okay. And On North. Yeah. Uh, but challenging, but in a good way. Yeah. But in a good way. Like I would take the tour, the free tour, uh-huh. and they would recognize that I'd been there like 12 times or something. You know, like. <laughs> you fucking like, nerd. Like that. Like last time we went, me and Jesse went, and the guy there was like, um, he's so he starts with basic questions. Uh, Like, I'll ask you. Okay. Sure. Um, can you tell me what the four stars represent on the Chicago Fire? Oh, the fire? The fire. Um, the World's Fair? The World's Fair. So two of them are are positive things and two of them are tragedies. Okay. So So I've got half and half so far. Half and half. Um I'll give you a hint. You've actually Kind of named both positives. Really? Yeah. Oh, because the fire like restarted the. No, you. That's the negative. The fire. Right. The so the grid. Uh... No. Both world's fairs actually. Oh so dang. The, okay. The, the 1893 and the 1933. Gotcha. World's gotcha. Fairs. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, and then there's one more tragedy. This is the hardest one. I don't know. Okay, so the other tragedy is the massacre at uh, Fort Dearborn. Oh, that does sound vaguely familiar. Yeah, and that's sort of the beginning, the very first big, I guess you could say, event. Historical event in Chicago, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And then, do you know what the two blue stripes stand for? I knew that was going to be the next question. Yeah. Um, I, like, is, is is it something specific or, like, vague? It's ra- it's rather specific. It's the two bodies of water, the main bodies of water. Oh, that that's right. Ra- when I was like, I was like, it has to do with them being blue. It has to do with them being yeah. blue. Yeah, yeah. So it's like Michigan and the Chicago River. Exactly. Got it. And then do you know what the three white stripes stand for? Because they also. I, I knew as soon as you asked me, <laughs> as soon as you asked me what the stars were, I was like, uh, he's going to uh, ask me the other go. stuff too. Um, no. Is it like. Politics. No, it's actually it's it's weird. Is once you understand it, it's is like, it the oh, that's so simple. three states around? There? No, it's the three cardinal directions that we still have because we don't have an east side. Oh, that's uh, so we have north. What a loophole, flag makers. Yep. <laughs> okay. What an okay. asshole. Okay, okay, um, I'm listening. But that's also why we were going to add a fifth star. I don't know if you knew this. If we got the Olympics. Oh, 
So, like, the fact that the Chicago flag can actually change because we do something amazing to me is pretty cool yeah Yeah. like it's it's we're just waiting for that next big we gotta get those olympics something at some point we're gonna at some point in the next like i well it won't even be decade we'll say two in the next 20 years the chicago will host the olympics sure i can't see why not there's no way i mean because they already thought that the 2016 bid was gonna be successful right we I was at the time working for the Kennedys. Uh, the Kennedys used to own the Merchandise Mart. And so I was working for a Kennedy at the time Dude. who was very involved in that video. Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, think <laughs> and he you strap time. a Kennedy to whatever boat you're trying to get off land. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and you'll make it. And, and I was going to say, and then the boat will sink because their family is Cursed. surrounded by tragedy. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, and that's why we didn't get the Olympics. Um, <laughs> but it's true, like... He was he was telling us that the entire time he's like we're not gonna get the Olympics oh, we're not no. gonna get and so the entire time I was like what uh, and, but I want the Olympics yeah um, he also told us the spire would never happen and the spire has never happened do you remember the spire uh, do you remember what? the spire uh uh-uh. um, I've heard about it but I don't know like where it was supposed to be or what it is supposed the to the spire was gonna be the tallest building in the world at the time now it wouldn't have been because another one in like. Um, United Arab Emirates, Emirates would have beat it, but um, uh, the spire was going to be right at where Michigan or Lakeshore Drive meets the the river. Oh, to the right, there's a giant hole still in the ground that they started to actually build the spire, and the spire was going to be huge. It was when were they going to start? They were going to start in 2000 and... So, if I started... About 2008. Dang. 2007, 2008. And they were going to start it, and it was going to be this big deal. It was going to bring Chicago back to the forefront of architecture. It was this giant, for lack of a better term, like, you could say someone had screwed in a screw in China, and the other end had come out in Chicago. Oh, like, yeah. It looked like a unicorn horn coming yeah, out of the middle of the Yeah, I think I must have seen, like, a mock-up or something yep. of it, because that sounds familiar. And every, like, every condo in it, every part of it, was going to have a view of the lake because of the way it was spun around. So, like, everyone was going to get to see the lake in some way, shape, or form. Weird. Uh, and... The company who was putting it all together went bankrupt, fled the country. One of the developers fled the country, left the architect who designed it. I think he still owed $12 million. Oh, yeah. That's how that shit happens. Yep. And it is still sitting there, a hole in the ground. And just recently, and I don't know what actually happened with this. This is uh, my bad for not checking into it. But, like, um, just recently they the lease on the land was about to go up and they were going to have to either like lose what they had started or um or they were going to have to build something but the um alderman in that district basically said look if you don't bring us something that's as big in scope as the spire we will not approve it right um and so just recently, I mean, it was within the last uh, four or five months. It was like they the were gonna have to decide. Maybe. It was either spire or wow. no spire. So I'm gonna have to look it up. I know it was 
if it ever happens, I think it'll be great. I want us to beat... I fall into the Chicago-New York thing pretty heavily. Really? And I want us to beat New York. Even though New York's tower is the old World Trade Center, so I I definitely have some emotional connection there, but like... Uh, it was it's Chicago's thing. Chicago architecture is Chicago's thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, cool. Okay, so you would go to the history <laughs> museum all the time. I would, and you still do. I still do. Oh wait, you asked me. That's right. So you, he asked you a bunch of questions. You asked me all the things. What the flag mean? Yeah, I got like a. 30 on that test. <laughs> I failed pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was like, I started getting really into it. I also became a tour guide for a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, Where did you... It was to- one of the boat tours, and I took the training, learned all the materials, couldn't be more excited, and then got the job uh, working at the Merchandise Mart for oh. the um, doing art and antique shows there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Can't do your boat tours. Got a job with the Kennedys. Exactly. <laughs> I love how you say it like Paul Jarrett. <laughs> sorry, can't do your boat sorry, tours. Sorry, can't do your boat <laughs> tours. Uh, I mean, that's just how I imagine that Paul has had to say a sentence like that. So oh, yeah. like, Sorry, can't do these Segway tours anymore. <laughs> Gotta work for Second City. Gotta do the main stage. <laughs> I was just eating soup in the shower in uh, Second City call. I had one sock on. I don't know why. I forgot. Yeah, you know what? Uh, and I, I don't think I've told Paul this, but I know I've told Stephanie this. You know what Jimmy recently referred to the kind of person that Paul is? No. It's actually not that bad. You're like bracing yourself for it. <laughs> well, when Jimmy says anything, I know, I know, I know. He said, Paul's a bag of money guy. And I was like, what does that mean? He said, he said it means he's the kind of guy who finds the bag of money and then has to figure out what to do with it. <laughs> but he always fucking finds the bag. Like, he's always going to find the bag. And it's I was so like, true. man, that's so true. That's like the best way to sum it up. And like... He probably deserves to find the bag. He does. You know? But then he'll be the guy that, like, can't figure out what to do with this damn bag. I just gotta carry this bag I, everywhere now, I guess. I bought I bought Twinkies with it, and somehow that took up almost all of it. Yeah, right, you know? right. Like, he, he's not gonna know what to do once he gets the bag, but, like, he's gonna find it. And other people are gonna look at it and be like, that guy found the bag. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I guess it could have been somebody way worse. Like, totally. <laughs> and he bought that shitty Ford, old 70s Ford with that bag of money? Yeah. Yep. Well, it was my mom's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so Connie good. was trying to get rid Connie, of it. <laughs> Connie actually made it a hard deal. This thing cost me 33 grand. But, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah. So, I got... I got... I started doing tours and everything, but... I think what started to get me more than anything is, like, when people would come into town to Chicago, Mm -hmm. I love, love, and even now, like, if you, and you and I don't get to hang out nearly as much as I wish we did, but, like, if I'm driving around, and Jimmy hates this, but I'm the guy that's like, do you know that uh, Charlie Chaplin actually filmed a film (laughs) in that corner, and he's like... Yeah, okay. All right. 
picture. Tell me again about Charlie Chaplin filming a film in that corner. Which one was it? And I'm like, well, it was this one. That's yeah. such a good Jimmy. Yeah. But it's it's so true. All right. Okay. Oh, okay, fine. Okay. All right. All right. Tell me more about it. And what's really funny, though, is the number of times that, uh, and for those that don't know Jimmy, like, he's that he's guy. He's been that, on the podcast, too, so that's oh, okay, a good, good frame of reference for anyone who has listened. He talked about the great American novel. Oh, there we go. Something mm. pretentious, of course. So, uh, that's so much that. Um, Jimmy is that type of guy that will always, um, he'll always sort of have, uh, he'll be annoyed by whatever, why are you talking about mm-hmm. that? But then there's this underlying thing that every now he and then is he's really interested. interested. Yeah. So like every now and then he'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't you say that uh, Charlie mm-hmm. Chaplin filmed a film? And I'm like, that is correct, actually. Yeah. You know, and then he acts really annoyed, but he, he kind of wants to hear about it. He likes it. Oh, yeah. So, He's like, the best. Oh, I get so much into it. That's actually, and I, you, like, you mentioned it earlier, but, like, I, um, I, I did the thing for HGTV where I was oh. Bachelor yes. or whatever. Like top eligible bachelors, whatever, but like the apartments of Chicago's most eligible eligible bachelors, bachelors, I believe, is about how it was framed. Yeah, (laughs) but like one of the things that's in there is like I just talk about how much I love Buena Park, like this neighborhood. Yeah, I love it. Like, um, really interesting, weird, interesting fact across the street from me is uh, a a road called um, Hutchinson. Mm hmm. Hutchinson originally was actually called Kennesaw Terrace. Kennesaw is the city I grew Georgia. up in in, in, in yeah. Georgia because Kennesaw Mountain was that place in the Civil War that a big battle was fought. Yeah. He named it that because his house, when you walk out my front door and you look to the left, there's this little weird cottage that looks like an elf house. Um, he had fought in the Battle of Kennesaw and as sort of like... Um, as sort of like a ode to I, that. I claim this land. Yes. He bought all this land over here, and he named that Kennesaw Terrace after the Battle of Kennesaw. No shit. So, like, a kid from Kennesaw, Georgia, comes and moves to Chicago, lives here. How did you find that out? I took architecture courses and walked yeah. around the city yeah. like a nerd. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> but that's so, like... This is so great. I never knew you were this... I knew you loved Chicago. Yeah. And I knew you were kind of like, I think I knew you had done tour guide type stuff at some point. Oh. I never knew that your like interest oh, wow. and knowledge level went that deep. Oh, yeah. That's so great. I mean, like all the houses of there by an architect named George Mayer, who I think is an amazing architect who studied under Frank Lloyd Wright mm-hmm. um, and uh, Louis Sullivan. <clears throat> and Louis Sullivan is buried in Graceland Cemetery. I was going to say, you're right by Graceland Cemetery, oh which I'm sure is chock full of... If you read Devil in the White City and then walk through Graceland Cemetery, you basically are like walking through the cast. It's like the Holy curtain call shit. of that book. Cool. It's the weirdest thing. Because like half the characters are like the Palmers from the Palmer House. Uh-huh. Uh, Burnham. Uh, Louis Sullivan. Um, I mean, they're just, they're all buried in there. That's crazy. It's, it's the weirdest thing to read. read this fucking book. Yeah. It's so cool to read it and then walk through there and go, Burnham has his own island there. Most people in Chicago these days don't know who, uh, Burnham is. Like, they just really don't have a clue. Um, and he's, he was big enough to this city that of all the people in that cemetery, 
he has an island in the middle of the pond that is just for his family because Dang. he was that important to the city. He's the guy that created, you mentioned yeah, yeah. earlier, the structure, the grid. Oh. He created the grid. Oh, shit. Yeah. I wouldn't have put that together, but now that you say it, I do remember that the same person made did the grid who did the World's Fair. Yep. Um, I saw a play well it was like a series of like 10 minute plays um at a theater company that i think is now defunct called theater seven okay um but one of them was called what's the where's the zero point state in oh uh uh a state in madison i think you're right yeah yeah i think the i think the title was state in madison or it was either state in madison or the grid or something like that okay and the whole and the play was the burnhams like but it was just a short thing so it was about it kind of like summed up like that's where i learned a lot about the grid system and yeah. like the zero mark because i saw that pretty early on in my time in Chicago, within the first year or so, probably. Um, and I was like, oh, like, it really put everything together. I'm sure even that, um, I mean, every once in a while I'll mention that and someone who, like, hasn't been living here that long is like, what? Yeah. You know, that all the numbers, like, increase Start sequentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, when I go to other cities, I'm like... Why is it so hard? Like, why can't everything be like Chicago? <laughs> and it's so nice, too, because you know the whole, like, every eight blocks is a mile. Mm-hmm. And so, like, being able to sit down and go, like, cool, I'm at 4,200. I'm going to 3,400. That's exactly one mile away. Yeah. Such a nice thing to, like, it's immediately amazing. know a distance. Yeah. It's such a nice thing to have. Yeah. Yeah. I- and, and... Oh, fuck, I'm going in the wrong direction. Like, looking at house numbers descending yes. or whatever, you know what I going mean? Going like, south or Right, going, right, right. Uh, like, just east. realizing the numbers are going in the wrong way and not having to look at, like, oh, what number am I trying to... You know, not having to, like, well, the odds are on... It's just an immediate, like, oh, fuck. Like, yep. I'm not in the right place. Going <laughs> the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so nice because we certainly didn't have that, once again, down south. Like, that no. was not... Uh, a luxury. No, that you had I mean in. in Atlanta, how many fucking streets have the word peach in them? Like, I think I actually believe I can't remember exactly, but I I want to say it's something like seven streets are actually named Peach Tree. Peach Tree. Seven different streets. I mean, that's just it's impossible. I mean, it's impossible gonna, to yeah. tell anyone where anything is. No, that is why. Uh, Google Maps was created was for cities like Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here, it's you don't need it. You don't yeah. really need it. Uh-huh. You just ask someone. But that is why I still use it a decent amount. To I mean, especially if you have a car, I feel like it's less of something sure. to depend on. But like for bus purposes and like yeah. and bike purposes, because some things are just you know those are more limited in terms of traveling. I still use it all the time, but. You're right. Like, if you know, you know, where the street is, yeah. you can figure out exactly, like, what number it is. You yeah. can figure out so quickly. It's genius. That guy should have every island. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever heard about the, um, the streets? The, there's a part of the city, and I can't remember the name of the neighborhood. It's on the northeast side that decided that they were going to change the way the structure worked. Really? And so they started naming the streets in alphabetical order. Have you ever seen no this? No way. Oh my god, it is the weirdest part of the city. 
It's on the. It's like if you followed Elston or Milwaukee, like all the way up past, let's say Foster. Okay. They start going in order. Well, that'd be way northwest, wouldn't it? What did I say? Northeast? Yeah. Sorry. Northwest. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the northwest side. And it's things like... Oh, yeah. It goes from like Costner to... It's all the C's and then it starts it's into like... C's and then K's and then K's. goes to O's. The O's are the weirdest. They start coming out with names I've never even heard of. Yeah. Because I used to live out in like Albany Park. Okay, yeah. And if I ever needed to go anywhere that was like farther north or west of that or like it was like why are there so many K streets? This is yeah. so confusing. It was this one alderman who got it in his head that he was like if we start to do this <laughs> It'll make more sense for everyone. Everyone will be happier it's, if we just do this. Because instead, when you had to remember, like, Cicero was, you know, what... I'm just going to make a number. But Cicero is 4,200 in, and, you know, Irving Park is this number. Mm-hmm. He was like, doesn't make any sense. But if it's alphabetical and the numbers relate, uh, you'll get it even you'll better. You'll always remember it. But it's impossible. If you look at the O names, it's like, one one is Olive. I know one of them is Olive Street. Uh-huh. But then it's like... Ogdigan. Uh, Ogdigan. Like, yeah. And you're just like, what even the case. Because, like, even starting, like, even as simple as, like, Kedzie and Kimball, I get confused. Yeah. You know? Oh, because totally. they're so close to one another. Yeah. And it's like, is it Keds? Which one's farther west? Kimball? Kimball. Yeah, Kim- that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. But I always have to do it every oh, yeah. time I think about that area. I can, yeah. What it is, always blows my mind. It's kind of like how, um, Oh, I think maybe it's the opposite of that, actually, because I think it was Teddy Roosevelt. Someone uh, in American history was a big proponent of um, going to a phonetic alphabet for English spellings. Yeah, I've heard about that. And I am like, yeah, why didn't we ever do that? Like, because if everyone learned the phonetic alphabet and we always spelled things with the phonetic alphabet, you would always know how to pronounce words. Okay, Here's, here's my thing. Yeah, I agree with you. However, as a Southern kid that grew up on phonics, oh. I can't tell you how much that that has messed me up. Because, like, a good example. Yesterday, I was trying to spell the word integral. Uh, integral? In- integral. 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 Yeah. Cool. See, here's the thing. I can't even say it now that I know what the fucking word is. Because I was saying... Intracol, oh, and so because no. that's southern, yeah, intracol, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. Of course, I mean, my there. dad still has to struggle. My dad is an incredibly intelligent man. He's almost sixty years old. He still struggles every time he has to say the word nuclear. Yeah, every single time he goes nuclear, nuclear, because he doesn't want to say nuclear. Yeah, he doesn't. But, but I grew up in southern nuclear. dialect. Everybody is going to say nuclear. <laughs> uh, cement? Oh, yeah, cement. Cement? My dad, oh, he'll never call a pool a pool. He always calls it a cement pond. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> I actually went to, uh, I was um, sixth grade, first day of sixth grade, uh, blew my mind because I had been taught phonics all through elementary school. Really? All through. So it was like phonics was the thing. But when you're not saying words correctly, it's a. Terrible thing. P-E-N. Yep. P-E-N. Everything was P-I-N. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that just made sense to me. T-E-N. T-E-N. It doesn't make any sense. So, I remember the first day, they were like, explain what you did with your summer vacation. Oh, no. So, I start writing. 
Da, da, da. And I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. going fine. Yeah, it's my yeah. first day of school. I'm back. And you're like, and yeah, I had a great summer. Played sports. Yeah, whatever. Oh, it was great. <laughs> and then I got to the word, and this blows my mind even to this day, of. Oh, no. Because of. Of. Sounds like O-V. Uh-huh. But I would write O-V, and I would go, that's not right. That can't be a word. And so I got stuck for 20 minutes and almost started crying because I couldn't That's spell the saying, word up. That's what I'm saying, dude. If we, but if people, but there's only one thing that makes the V sound in the phonetic alphabet. One. Like. The V? The V sound. Oh. Like see, in you, any you've word. You've already lost me. Is, because, it, is it F? Well, it's, I can't remember what. <laughs> I can't remember. It has to be of, right? Or of. Is it of? Of? But here's what I'm saying is that in the word of okay. and in the word oven, both of those would be designated by the same letter. Got it. You can't In have, the phonetic alphabet, yes. it would be. So, gotcha. Okay. So you can't so have sense. one letter that makes more than one sound. Ah. That's why... It makes so much more sense. I would agree with that. Right? Because yeah. there's only, there's even, there's like one letter designates a K sound and one letter designates like a soft C sound. Yes. And one letter designate, you know, like it just makes so much more sense. It really does. When you say it that way, I agree with you. However, dialects will fuck inevitably it. I know. Fuck I know. That up. I know. I know. I know. I mean, maybe it will help get rid of dialects. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but like... Uh, do we want that? I don't know. Hmm. Um, it That's so funny. I guess that's why we could never change is because everybody would be spelling things phonetically differently. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. That's really funny. Uh, because there's another one like a, a small uppercase I is the I sound, yeah. I believe. I. And then the E sound is schwa. So, like, that's one of the most common... You know, like, phonetic is the the upside down e designates yeah. a schwa, and it's literally one of the most um, like prominently used sounds in our language. Yeah, and it's one of the most confusing because it can be represented by I think any letter, any of the vowels. Like okay. if you think about it, in any you could find a word where a sounds like eh. Totally. And E sounds like eh, and I sounds like eh, you know? Like yeah. ten. There's probably a million examples right. of that, for sure. Right, So schwa just, like, simplifies all of that. Like, yeah. you always know what that eh sounds like. Anyway. That makes sense. It's way off topic. <laughs> but... <laughs> Guys, I'm gonna start this campaign. <laughs> What's that, um... Move... Move on? Is that the campaign thing? Where, Wait, for what? Where it's like it's, it's like a website where you like sign a petition. For, yes. Yeah. Yes, I think it is. <laughs> That's what I, I'm going to start a move on petition for going to the phonetic it's gonna alphabet. It's going to go huge. We go- can do it. <laughs> yeah, because the phonetic alphabet is the biggest problem in our country. I can't wait for you to spell it out in phonetics yeah. and try to have yeah. people like, read spell, your yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I would, now this week we just want to do like a whole move on page and like a whole Kickstarter page all written in phonetics. And yes. be like, why isn't this taking off? <laughs> Because no one can read this essentially made up language. <laughs> what? This doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, yeah. I kind of love that idea. Yeah. So, Chicago. anyways. <laughs> anyways. So, we're talking about the grid. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
So, you gave tours for a short time, but also garnered a lot of knowledge from that. I did. You have taken architecture classes? I've taken uh, architecture tours enough times that I've started to memorize them. And then I memorized the ones that I actually had to learn for the job I never actually took. The one with the, the Kennedys? The boats, yeah. Well, I took, oh, oh, I was oh right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kennedys. Um, but yeah, so I started doing a lot of that stuff, and uh, now I have to say my knowledge is definitely, I, I keep it all, and I nerd out on it on my own, and now I just try to share, like, the cool things that come up in random conversation that just annoys people. Mm-hmm. Like, someone will be like, oh yeah, you know, like, um, I used to play softball in high school, and I'm like, oh, did you know softball was actually created in Chicago on the south side by the Harvard, uh, like, uh, baseball league? Like, they actually, or cricket league? They were actually throwing a, you know, and people are just like, shut. Is that why the Chicago softball is so specifically the larger balls? It's because they actually threw a boxing glove. They wrapped it up and threw it to another guy, and he hit it with a with a uh, broomstick, and they started a league, and that's why ours is so much bigger. It's because it used to be a boxing. So club. funny. Yeah, but that was the first uh, instance of softball in the country. Was there's actually a oh, and that's why it's called softball because it was literally softer. Mm-hmm. I mean, softballs. Are soft, they're just bigger baseballs. They're just bigger baseballs. <laughs> I, I think they actually, at least when we started, 16-inch was how it started, so right. it was softer. Those are softer balls. Um, yeah, I was going to say. I don't like it. Charlie, those are softer balls. <laughs> he did like the international sign for like cupping a ball sack. <laughs> like a very, to his credit, very unintentionally. He was just trying to designate like, uh, oh, if you squeezed it, it would you, give a little. But really. it was like, you did the upside down cuppy yep. ball hand. Yep. That was me. Uh, I did that. <laughs> Shit. Uh, that was so funny. But then, like, it's become facts like that. Like, did you ever hear... This is a fun one I like. Uh, did you ever hear the term, like, oh, that guy's out in left field? Yeah. Do you know where that came from? Uh, self... Uh, no. Okay, so the Chicago... <laughs> I thought it had to do with left-handed pitchers. No. But that's Southpaw. That's where that comes from. Yep. Uh, Chicago Cubs used to play out on the west side, where Rush Memorial Hospital is now. And out in their left field was an insane asylum. And whenever they would say, like, uh-oh, that person's coming from left field, it was that they had escaped That person, crazy. I think someone told me about that, and it just, like, left yeah. me forever. I think that's one of the big... I think that's actually the only difference between, like, my knowledge of Chicago and other people's knowledge. Yeah, because someone's told me what all those things on the sign... On the flag mean before. Yeah. I don't remember any of that shit. And I think... I went to that difference- fucking play about Burnham... About the grid and didn't remember that. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. It's just... It, that's kind of how all my knowledge is, though. It's like... I have, like, a surface-level knowledge of a decent amount of things. See, and that's what's not fair about your show. Is that, like, when I was looking at what I should talk about, I was uh, like... I just have a decent level of knowledge about a lot of other a lot of things, but I don't have a really deep knowledge of anything. Um Well now I'm uh, <laughs> Okay, alright. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of But that's I think that's where a lot of people come from. Is yeah. that when they come in they're like, this is the thing and I, I try I make sure that I don't um 
pitch it as the thing that you know the most about. Right. It's and that's honestly where it started. And that's probably why those early episodes were a little more broad, like you mentioned, like broader topics. Yeah. Because it was just an easier thing to be like, oh, I know a lot about this broad topic. Yeah. You know? Like I can talk for an hour about how much I know about the NBA or whatever it is. Um but I think when you couch it as anything you know a lot about, are passionate about, and or truly love, yeah, then people start going, oh, okay. So I don't necessarily have to be like an expert on this. I'm like, no, because I don't know. I, you're still, if you like that thing that much, you're still going to know so much more about it than the average person. Totally. And sure, there'll be plenty of people out there who like, listen to the episode about Firefly and are like, that's not exactly true, Jocelyn! You know, like, that kind of thing's always gonna happen, but, like, fuck those people. You know, it's just a conversation about something that person really enjoys. Yeah. So, anyway. We started talking about the podcast again. No, for me, it's Chicago. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, it's made living here super exciting that's so cool that pretty much anywhere you are i'm sure you could reference yeah there is every neighborhood has something Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not really old i mean like there are certain things like lincoln park for as as sort of uppity as it is Mm -hmm. now is actually one of the more boring neighborhoods in really yeah that's so funny i mean there's there's fun things that i can tell you about like an occasional place like Mm -hmm. there's um the armitage hardware i believe it's called over at the corner of bissell and armitage and one of the cool things about it is even today you can go into that hardware store and ask them to show you and they will take you and show you the tunnels that um that um Oh, what's his name? Mobster. Um, guy at the Green Mill. Uh, well, because you are, I can't. It's because, uh, yep. This is awful. Okay, well, anyway, one of the largest Fuck, mobsters in the world. I don't have uh, my phone on uh, me. Ka, 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 ka. I can't remember his last name. I guess oh, was no. Last name. Anyway, it's okay. I know who you're talking about. But I'm like, so sorry. No, it's okay. So what, I mean, it's my own fault, but he, um, one of the things was that this mobster, big time guy, everyone at home knows. Yeah. Everyone's like yelling at yeah, us. Like, come and on. Like, we both want to die. <laughs> um, uh, anyway. John, uh, anyway. Je- that's John. Je- it's it. Come on. At the. <laughs> Green Mill. Anyway, so he had his grandmother owned the hardware store, or at least he put it in her name. And then there were tunnels that actually lead to the three buildings behind it, so that at any time that he could do business in that hardware store, and when the cops showed up, he could go into the tunnel and he could walk out the front door of any of, of, those, one places, of those places, get in, and take off. That's uh, amazing. I mean, like things like that that are like cool. Yeah. However, for the most part, Lincoln Park was actually an immigrant neighborhood. The oh. the ironworks that's over steelworks, one of the two, that's over uh, on the river on like Armitage, Cortland in the river. Uh huh. 
Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That was really what everyone lived around. Hmm. And people would walk there, and it was mostly Irish immigrants. Rich people in Chicago all lived on the south side. So the fact that these are, like, million-dollar places now is absolutely ridiculous. Because this was, like, Irish family living in a one-bedroom with ten people type places. And... It has no real history because no one was necessarily all that interested in it because it was just like people trying to get by. Irish and German immigrants just trying yeah. to get by. Oh, sure. Yeah, because they're like, yeah. Yeah. That's when you first mentioned that it was an immigrant area. I was like, huh. I never would have thought about that as how it would affect like the history surrounding it. Yeah. But I guess if like the quote unquote people of note, you know. Yeah, when it just comes to nobody like Chicago, was like putting money into that area. No, nobody it, was building spires and stuff like yeah. You know what I mean? The South Side definitely had so much more going for it at that time. And if you look at the history of Chicago up until the Palmers moved north and actually bought Capone, place. Capone, Al Capone. <laughs> oh, there I was there. gonna die if oh. we didn't think of it before the end of the I podcast. Knew it was C, I was I... gonna fucking die. <laughs> But, like, up until, like, the Palmers moved north, no one lived on the north side. It wasn't a place that people wanted to be. Wow. Um, And so, like, the south side has all this great history. Now, because Chicago's flipped so much, Mm -hmm. all of our great history is on the south side. The, and, and, and it's falling apart, which is so scary and sad. There's, um, the first church that ever did gospel music is on the south side. Really? Yeah. So it is on the south side. Here's the sad thing What's about it. What's the church? Do you know? It's, I can't remember the name of it okay. off the top of my head. I'm just curious. It was originally a synagogue. Wow. That when the south side went into disrepair, uh-huh. uh, a lot of the Jewish uh, neighborhood moved north. And when black immigrants moved in, especially when we were doing like the rise from the south coming up, mm-hmm. um, they all moved into it. It became a Baptist church. And it's where gospel music started. I wonder, I know there was, this is like a random thought, but I know there was like a big church on the south side that recently hosted some like um, representatives who came from like Ferguson to talk Uh, about like, like, like kind of like Chicago's race relations and like, and uh, what was going on there and stuff. And I wonder if it's the same place, but that's like neither here nor there. It's not only because, and this is how sad it is. Oh, it's like not even used anymore? So, it was originally built by Louis Sullivan. So, it's Louis Sullivan's church that was originally a synagogue, still has, it looks like a synagogue, but became a Baptist church. It's famous for having the first gospel music, and it burnt down like 15, 20 years ago. But it's still, the shell is there. Right. And this was a But it's not, no one's using it for it. It's just like a burnt out building. No, like Mayor Daly supposedly said, like, we're going to fix this thing and had $5 million put towards its renovation. But in classic Chicago style, the $5 million disappeared. And it's just, it just, like, no one, no construction ever began. No one knows what happened to it. So if you go down there right now, it's on Indiana Avenue, I believe. Um, and probably close to, I'd say 18th street, maybe a little south of there. Um, it is 
it, it's in Bronzeville, and it is just this outside shell of this amazing church that has so much history. I mean, it's built one of our by one of our greatest architects, and has one of our greatest like triumphs in gospel music being formed there. I mean, that's something that most people would actually probably say is this, a southern thing. Yeah, it was actually created here. In yeah, Chicago. I would have had no idea. And. Uh, it's just sitting there. Ugh. And because it's a neighborhood that's not up and coming, it's not getting There's the nothing. funds. There was a, I think one of the first places that Louis Sullivan, or Louis Sullivan, uh, Louis Armstrong played in Chicago is now a hardware store. It's an Ace Hardware store. And there is a mural on the wall in the office of the Ace Hardware store that is the original backdrop of where they played no way. jazz and blues. And it's now sitting behind someone's desk. It's a fucking Ace Hardware. It's a Ace Hardware and the manager sits in front of this amazing mural. Like, things like that that you're just like, that's oh, where our history yeah, is. Yeah, what a bummer. And, but everyone's paying $2 million to live on in a one flat in Lincoln Park. Yeah. Which has very little actual significance to our city our north side is actually one of the least interesting parts um when i started riding motorcycles i would take whole days and just travel to the south side of chicago in the west side of chicago and find these weird places that's so cool just to like just to have a moment yeah with them what a good or, way to like kind of escape both kind of like get away escape a little from like and like put aside a bunch of other things but also like proudly find something really cool and interesting oh my God. aren't you super into like um uh certain street artists too yeah did that kind of start in the similar way yeah well i started doing um when i was working for the kennedys at the merchandise mart i was working for chris kennedy um i was started doing art shows mm-hmm. um and I got really into the art scene, and I was doing these art parties, which were like these weird things that even now I'm a little jealous I don't know about anymore, because they would be this thing where someone would come to you and go, um, go to this warehouse on the west side, knock on the door three times, and oh. someone would let you in. And then you'd walk in, and there would be a circus happening inside, and oh these giant God. pieces of art where they would be like, when you walk in take a paintbrush and throw it against the wall and then that piece of art will be something that like lives forever in infamy you know like oh weird shit oh my god and I was just so blown away by it and so I got really into art and artists uh, and one of the things that most interested me was um uh artists that allow their work to only live in the moment for the public and then go away I don't like graffiti artists that spray paint Okay. I like graffiti artists that use wheat paste and will put something on a wall. So that's the paper. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I think that's the most intriguing thing. Um Because it because you know it won't be there like in in a, in a, in for any long a period of time. Exactly. And it was it was meant it was built for consumption without damage. Because mm. The person who owns that building oh, might yeah. not want it there. That's a good point. For but, consumption without damage. What yeah. a nice way to put it. And I don't want... I, I'm not a big fan of like, hey, I'm ruining your building. Yeah, I'm spray painting. Spray paint on something, you're going to have to paint over it. Right. But like, I will do... If if someone we pay something, I think it's the most amazing thing. Um, a nice one is a guy that I am absolutely in love with. There's a guy named Blut. B-L-U with... Uh, two little what do you call Umlaut. it? Umlaut. 
uh, TT. He's an amazing graffiti artist in the city. Um, uh, Sad Robot has been one that's really taken off. Yeah, have you seen him? I have, yeah. Um, that guy's pretty cool. He's like, hit me up a couple of isn't times. Isn't there a really popular one that's like... Uh, like, how am I going to make it through the winter? Yeah, really winter. sad. Yeah, or uh, there's just no place for a sad robot is like one of his taglines. Yeah. He, um, you said he's hit you up? Yeah, because I take, I go around the city in the summertime and I take pictures. I used to do it with my film camera a lot and I would take pictures of all of their work mm-hmm. and then I'd post it on my Instagram or somewhere else mm-hmm. and um, a nice one has asked me to send me some, send him some of my stuff Um and Blut actually knows Justin Howard. Oh! And he also did the... Um, have you ever seen... Um, oh, what's it called? Um, Dark Matter Coffee? Yeah. The coffee cup that they use in the cool. start. Cool. That's, That's his? That's cool, him. cool. And he was really... He's a really cool guy. I've hit him up a couple of times and we've we've talked to, like via chat and uh, Instagram. And then... Um, yeah, all of them at some point, uh, Sad Robot, especially this last winter when I took pictures of all of the Sad Robots around Wrigleyville uh-huh. that he had put up, uh-huh. uh, hit me up and was like, hey, can you share and put me on all these pictures because I want to use them for promotion stuff Aww. and stuff. So it's like, I really got into cool. those guys and trying to promote the temporary work that they provide because it will go away and our pictures are the only things that will That's so cool. I knew you'd be able to speak to that because... When you mentioned earlier the, like, uh, how Jimmy would, like, get annoyed. Oh. <laughs> he gets annoyed with you all the time. I remember you guys coming to pick me up at my place, and we, like, took a wrong turn. Or we, like, tried to go down Barry, and it stopped, and we uh-huh. had to kind of, like, double back or something. But you are like, oh, oh, it's so cool we came this way, because I was, this guy's painting. Uh-huh. And, uh, and Jimmy was just like, Ugh. <laughs> Jimmy's taken to doing this thing now that my girlfriend loves because she has to listen to my shit all the time. Right. Like, now Jimmy does this thing where if I say, like, hey, um, did you know that on this corner, H.H. Uh, H. Holmes lived with his wife and her uh, sister, and then he, there's rumor that he might have murdered, and he'll go, okay, great, that's awesome. Hey, did you know that that tree up there was actually the first tree ever planted? Oh, yeah, of and course. And he starts just like Of really, course. But he'll go on for 30 minutes. I went on for a minute. A minute, A yeah, minute, yeah. I tried to brighten that everyone's life. That is such fucking classic, Jimmy. Oh, he would go on. <laughs> so then Jesse started trying to pick it up, and she's not nearly as clever as Jimmy, so now I have to listen to her uh, do like, um, hey, did you know that that apartment is, I wish Jimmy was here to do it better. <laughs> or I listen to Jimmy actually do it for half an hour and That's it's the most so funny. Yeah. Uh, oh, Ooh. Nora is also annoyed by Jimmy. I guess so. Thank you. <laughs> She's just voicing her opinion. Yeah. Um, okay. So, <laughs> let's see. Is there anything big that you feel like you'd be remiss if we hadn't talked about it yet? I mean, I, obviously, oh. there's so much we haven't talked about yeah. that you could probably, you know, expound upon. But yeah. is there any, like, one thing or person that you really love um, where the city is concerned that you don't think you've really, like, covered? Um... I think, and this goes back to the devil in the white city, and I hate to be sort of amongst historians uh, of Chicago, which <laughs> I am not, but uh, but I hate to be cliche, but I think 
the 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 World's Fair really was an incredible, incredible thing that happened in Chicago that to this day affects us in ways that we don't even realize. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could just simply name off like certain things, like uh, things that came out of it. Pabst Blue Ribbon got its blue ribbon at the World's Fair. Um, was it the first the Ferris wheel? The Ferris wheel, the first Ferris wheel, and that was them trying to beat the World's Fair. Before that was in Paris, and Eiffel built the Eiffel Tower. Right. So we had a guy so named Ferris. So Ferris was like, all right, boys, I, I got, this got an idea, boy. <laughs> I mean, and it was kind of incredible, too, because he was like, if I remember correctly, he wasn't even in Chicago. They put out, like, a contest. Oh, hey, yeah, what do you think yeah. would be cool? And Ferris sent in this idea And was of like, I think wheel. we can make a wheel that's got benches on it so you can go up to the top and see everything around it. And everyone was like, what a dope idea. Come yeah. on up, Ferris. You know how big that thing was? It was... The cars in it would hold 20 to 30 people. What? It's not like the Ferris wheel that's over on Navy Pier. It's more like the London two. Eye. Yeah, it was like the London Eye. Like, it was huge. But they made it in ni- 1890s? 1893. And it was so heavy. It was su- it was made out of steel. I was going to say, what did they even make it out of? It was... It Actually, here's a really cool story, too. So, the World's Fair is over. And uh-huh. they ship it down to, se- to some different places to, like tour it a little Uh bit to take it apart put it together cool and then this guy in lincoln park back when it was still an immigrant neighborhood Uh bought it and he took it over to where fullerton and lincoln park are like the where the park starts on yeah Uh uh-huh and he created a built a beer garden there he was this german guy that created a beer garden and he had the ferris wheel that's crazy and so it sat there and it was like the go-to people would go drink beer and they'd go get on it and they'd take it oh and after a while it almost became blasé, and people kind of thought it was ugly. Oh. So he actually um, he didn't know what to do with it, and they ended up voting. Um, he was getting on everyone's nerves in Lincoln Park at this time. Gold Coast was starting to come into effect, and people had moved up because the Palmers had moved up to Gold Coast, and so all these rich people. So all that up. like gentrification was starting. Uh huh. And they didn't like this beer garden right there being loud, so they voted the ward dry, just to get rid of the Ferris wheel. Holy shit! They did it. It got shipped down to St. Louis for the World's Fair in St. Uh-huh. Louis. And then when the World's Fair was there over there, they said, well, you know, where do you want us to take this? And the city of Chicago was like, we don't want it back. So they took it apart. And to this day, there are bridges in St. Louis. Built out of the steel that from are, the Ferris wheel? Parts of it are built from the steel of the Ferris wheel. Fuck! The original World's Fair of Chicago. How fucking cool is that? Isn't that neat? Like, you can still to this day drive over. Now, the bridges in St. Louis need to be updated. That's yeah. That's St. Louis' problem. Yeah. But, like, that's how old some of them are. Some of them are made from the World's Fair Ferris wheel. The first Ferris wheel that was ever created. That is so cool. Yeah. So, like, there's so much. What's weird to me is now the world is such a smaller place and the internet has made things, uh, in some ways... Some things so much more special, and in other ways, some things so much less special. Yeah. But sure. Chicago, when it comes to the history of the United States, is so overlooked in its influence. The World's Fair, I mean, like, Walt Disney's dad helped build the World's Fair on the South Side, and Walt Disney stole ideas from it of to help build Disney World. 
like the World's Fair was the first place that they ever controlled an entrance. So like if you went to a state fair, you could enter oh. anywhere. But because wow. Burnham wanted to control how you saw the fair and the entrance way and how you kind of developed everything. What a genius. Exactly what he stole Disney stole later for when you enter Disney World and you walk in through Main Street USA. Like and you see, you know, the Magic Castle is exactly. like the first thing right, right in front of you. At the end. All the flowers and everything going straight down. Yeah. It, exactly. And yeah. it like perspective too. Because at Disney World, I don't know if you know this, but like the second story is actually much smaller than the first story. Um, because perspective oh, would actually make it look like it's just as tall. Oh. But they don't have to build as tall and spend as much as much labor because everything's a little bit smaller going up. Same thing with the World's Fair. They built everything a little bit smaller moving up because perspective makes it look like it is just as tall. That's Um, so funny. Yeah. So like all these things that to this day we still um we still have around us that were affected by this this big event in Chicago. And so many little things that like Chicago's had something to do with. It's it's incredible to me and it makes the city that I moved to so much more interesting. Yeah, how could it not? And like, what an incredible ambassador you have to be to Chicago. I mean, I I recently, I think I um, mentioned this on the podcast already, but I don't care. I recently went to visit um, LA for some shows, but I stayed with a couple friends who moved out there from Chicago. Uh-huh. And one of them moved out there to go to school at UCLA to be an urban planner. Uh-huh. So she was the best possible person I could have been staying with. Everywhere we went, I was with a fucking LA city planner. Oh, totally. So she knew everything. Like she was telling, she like, showed me this map of downtown LA and was like, these are all these old, um, you know, movie theaters that they're trying to restore right now for other events. And because LA is needs city planners. That's one of the reasons UCLA established the program is because they wanted to bring city planners or people who wanted to be urban planners to LA. And damn if it isn't working because I met like 10 of her friends and they are, all working in city planning. That's awesome. Like, they all went through school together and, like, had internships while they're in school and, like, all got hired to those places. Um, it's crazy. It's great. That's it's exactly, exactly... That's exactly what LA needs. Yep. Exactly. So, they're, like... So, now they're building... Like, they already built a Target downtown and they're building a Whole Foods or maybe vice versa. Like, they already built a Whole Foods and they're building a Target and just trying to make downtown LA, like actually a livable place. That's awesome. Yeah. So she was like telling me about all this and it's like totally fascinating. And I just was so, um, gracious that that was the person that I stayed with. You know, I learned yeah. so much more about the city than I would. And like, you know, we drove out to Venice beach and she was able to kind of tell me about like that area and stuff like that. So I'm sure you are just a, a bounty of information uh, when people come visit Chicago. I love taking them on a tour. I would it's think one of my so. favorite things. Like, to curate like their experience of mm-hmm. Chicago, you know, and even decide which roads I take because I know they'll lead to something that they go, What's, What's that? that? Yeah. And I go, Oh, interesting That's you should ask. So funny. Which is so not fair, but it's so me doing it, you know. Uh, like I love to sneak up on Wrigley Field. Right. You know, someone to go like, oh, Is that Wrigley Field? And I'm like, Yeah. Yeah, like, um, we we're gonna go to we're gonna go to brunch in Andersonville. 
probably take Clark. Yeah. Like, so random, you know. It's so it's great. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. Of course, Wrigleyville really does come out of nowhere if you don't know where it's, that it's going to be right there. Oh, yeah. Um, cool. This has been so wonderful. The last question I'll ask yes, is, ma'am. how do you feel like your love of and knowledge of Chicago history has influenced you both creatively and your life in general? Oh. <clears throat> Um, creatively, this is going to sound weird, but it's kept me interested in being here. Cool. Um, creatively, you've probably noticed it too, but amongst us comedians, there's this real drive that either says that you choose New York or LA Mm -hmm. and Chicago is the place that you learn and get amazing at it. Mm -hmm. And for me, I want to buck that trend and say like, no, Chicago for a very long time in history has been the place that was second to New York. And then, you know, later in the LA is like, it's 20th whole other century, beast. Yeah, 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 it came yeah. second um, or third to LA. Right. Um, the third coast now, I believe is exactly right. And I want this to truly be the best coast. And so I, I look at my, what I bring to the city And I say, cool, I don't want to take that to L.A. or New York. And I'm not looking to get famous with it. I want to make, I want to use what I've got and try to make Chicago uh, stand out a little bit more. I love that. It makes me really excited. Um, From a personal aspect, it just keeps me so engaged in the place I'm in. And and so much more of a... um, I think some, there was a time when I focused on people to make me happy Mm -hmm. and (laughs) still do right here. Make me ding ding. (laughs) I need everyone to like me. (laughs) I mean, I think I still need everyone to like me, but I mean, like I did, I, if I didn't have someone to hang out with, Mm -hmm. then I had, I I really didn't know what to do. Okay. Okay. And that I'm better about. There you go. And I'm, I was terrible at, at it. And what ended up happening was that I kind of looked... At the, oh, this is so cheesy. No, I love it. I kind of looked at Chicago as this, like, other thing that... Mm. This other person, this other thing I got yeah, to know. why not? And, like, when I don't get... Oh, everyone's busy? That's fine. I'm going to go hop on my motorcycle, and I'm going to go find something new about Chicago That's that I didn't know before. awesome. Um, I recently went down to... Um, they do cricket matches down in... Uh, I just heard about that recently. Yeah, down in Washington Park. Yeah. I don't remember what the context was, but I heard someone talking about cricket players in Chicago. Yeah. it's And I went and watched and learned cricket one day. I had nothing to do that day. I rode my motorcycle down. I watched cricket for the day. Mm-hmm. Kind of learned a little bit about it. I got yeah, asked I mean, for one to join. Y- really? Yeah. I mean, you can watch cricket and still not know what's going on. That is so true. <laughs> uh, because uh, I have and death don't. Uh, it so, was... Knocking down wickets. Yeah. It was definitely difficult. But then one of the guys just walked over and was like, you know, like, hey, you, what are you, what are you doing? And I was like, look, I just rode my motorcycle down. I saw you guys playing. I thought I'd stop and watch. And... And I did that, you know? That's so fucking cool. I, uh, two quick things. One is, you've done, you've worked on at least a couple shows at the Annoyance that are Chicago history based. No? Like Streeterville. Streeterville. In Streeterville. I was in it. I played uh, Carter Harrison Jr., I was, uh, which I, was a future mayor of Chicago. Okay. Um, 
only I played him as the biggest dumbass. Player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that that's the only one I've done truly okay. on the history of Chicago. Uh, oh yeah, I guess it's just I th- I just it strikes me as interesting that the annoyance more specifically than any other theater in the city I think does those like let's talk about the darker sides of history kind of shows. Oh yeah, you, you know you have your Forty Wax and your you know Salem and. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Well, and Streeterville is an Streeter is an incredible, incredibly interesting right. dark story. Right. Like, I won't go into it now, but like that is something that people should look up because mm-hmm. that is the fact that that part of the city which we paid millions of dollars once again to live on. Oh right, is trash yeah. from the fire in that it's literally built on trash. That's right. Blows my mind. And then the fact that a circus conductor could take it over because based on a Civil War uh, law that had been put into effect, you could put a flag in something and say, this is mine if it wasn't the federal government's... Incredible. I mean, yeah, it's just Yeah, I've heard, Jesus, fuck. Yeah, so, like, why wouldn't you want to write a show about that? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then the other quick thing I was going to say was... Oh, no! <laughs> um, It had to do with you riding your bike. And find, oh, that I think Chicago is unique in that um, I don't think that's an uncommon occurrence. For you to walk up to a cricket match, watch for a long time, and then the people be like, oh, hey, you want in? Like, I do that. I play pickup soccer at Cricket Hill. Oh, yeah. right by you uh-huh. uh, every Saturday morning with a bunch of improvisers. We, you know, throw out, like, somebody throws up an email and is like, hey, who all's in this week? And, you know, hopefully we get, like, I don't know, 10 or 12 people. Yeah. Play small sides. And then every once in a while there will be a couple people out there when we get out there and we're just like, hey, you guys want to hop in? And sometimes it'll be like, oh, these guys are kind of douchebags. But, like, this past week... There's two young guys who are out there just kicking a ball around, and they were both disgustingly good, but they're both super fun to play with, That's like awesome. really good sports. That's awesome. We asked one of them to hop in goal like towards the end of the game because we usually just try to rotate out so nobody ever has to like do it for longer than they want to. It's also a good way for a bunch of out-of-shape improvisers to just catch a break for five right. minutes. So we asked one of the guys to hop in because uh, he hadn't yet, and he had um, like taken – he had been – he's – sat out for a little while because he like I think somebody got him in the shin and just like hurt like a bitch so he just was kind of trying to like you know rest it off so we're like hey maybe you want to like hop in the goal and he's like oh sure sure so then after like you know five minutes or so a couple of people had offered like hey if you want to come back out you can and he's like no no I'm good and like and he was just like no one could score and and somebody was like hey uh so my father's just like what you know do you play regularly and he's like yeah i go to lakeview high school and they're like what are you a keeper you're doing amazing he's like no i'm a forward (laughs) 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 so it's just like this kid we stumbled on who was so good and so nice and Uh put up with a bunch of bits for a bunch of dumb improvisers you know and it was just so, uh, somebody during the game looked over at me and was like, this is the highlight of my week. Like, that's their favorite thing they do every week. Yeah. Because it's just, like, going outside and meeting people and being in your city and, like, not having to worry about, like, well, I don't know anybody. You know, uh-huh. like, who am 
I gonna hang out with? And like, yes, I we are spoiled to be a part of a community like the one that we're a part of. Right. And that's where this group definitely stemmed from was yeah. like a bunch of people in that community. But it's very much starting to like it's so easy to just I you know at the end of the day when we're all you know packing up and heading out I just turned to the guys and was like hey same time next week like we'll be here if you guys want to be so that's awesome yeah we do the same thing with a basketball league that's improvisers oh yeah I and think I've talked to somebody about that before yeah and it's been going on for I guess now it's 15 years no shit yeah I mean like Jason Sudeikis was a part of it back then. That's so funny. Yeah, so it's like it. It is. It's 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 a great. Yeah, I think these soccer players have been out there for like three ish years. Yeah, I mean it's 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 fun because now like after last week, everybody started talking about like who all used to play, but now like. He lives in either New York or LA. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> it was like well, Dendel used to come Gary out a lot, and Gary yep. and Ray Gordon, and uh, like all these other. It was so funny because um, we really did sit down and like reminisce about this like pickup soccer league. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> um, this was so great. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank for, you so much for inviting for me to it. Doing it. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm gonna have to come back and uh, play some. Come play hockey. So play some mm-hmm. hockey with you. Yeah. Um, Charlie and Nora, I love you and I mean that. Oh, I love you. <laughs> I love you with me. This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.